Chapter One of Mary Annerly. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Mary Annerly by Richard Doddridge Blackmore. Chapter One Headstrong and Headlong. Far from any house or hut, in the depth of dreary moorland, a road, unfenced and almost unformed, descends to a rapid river the crossing is called the seven corpse ford because a large party of farmers riding homeward from middleton banded together and perhaps well primed through fear of a famous highwayman came down to this place on a foggy evening after heavy rainfall one of the company set before them what the power of the water was but they laughed at him and spurred into it and one alone spurred out of it whether taken with fright or with too much courage they laid hold of one another and seven out of eight of them all large farmers and thoroughly understanding land came never upon it alive again and their bodies being found upon the ridge that cast them up gave a dismal name to a place that never was merry in the best of weather however worse things than this had happened and the country is not chary of its living though apt to be scared of its dead and so the ford came into use again with a little attempt at improvement for those farmers being beyond recall and their families hard to provide for richard yordas of scargate hall the chief owner of the neighbourhood set a long heavy stone up on either brink and stretched a strong chain between them not only to mark out the course of the shallow whose shelf is askew to the channel but also that any one being washed away might fetch up and feel how to save himself for the tees is a violent water sometimes and the safest way to cross it is to go on till you come to a good stone bridge now forty years after that sad destruction of brave but not well guided men and thirty years after the chain was fixed that their sons might not go after them another thing happened at seven corpse ford worse than the drowning of the farmers or at any rate it made more stir which is of wider spread than sorrow because of the eminence of the man and the length and width of his property neither could any one at first believe in so quiet an end to so turbulent a course nevertheless it came to pass as lightly as if he were a reed or a bubble of the river that belonged to him it was upon a gentle evening a few days after michaelmas of seventeen seventy seven no flood was in the river then and no fog on the moorland only the usual course of time keeping the silent company of stars the young moon was down and the hover of the sky in doubt of various lights were gone and the equal spread of obscurity soothed the eyes of any reasonable man but the man who rode down to the river that night had little love of reason headstrong chief of a headlong race no will must depart a hair's breadth from his and fifty years of arrogant port had stiffened a neck too stiff at birth even now in the dim light his large square form stood out against the sky like a cromlech and his heavy arms swung like gnarled boughs of oak for a storm of wrath was moving him in his youth he had rebelled against his father and now his own son was a rebel to him good my boy good he said within his grizzled beard 
while his eyes shone with fire like the flints beneath his horse you have had your way have you then but never shall you step upon an acre of your own and your timber shall be the gallows done my boy once and for ever philip the squire the son of richard and father of duncan yordas with fierce satisfaction struck the bosom of his heavy bradford riding-coat and the crackle of parchment replied to the blow while with the other hand he drew rein on the brink of the tees sliding rapidly the water was dark with the twinkle of the stars and wide with the vapour of the valley but philip yordas in the rage of triumph laughed and spurred his reflecting horse fool he cried without an oath no yordas ever used an oath except in playful moments fool what fear you there hangs my respected father's chain ah he was something like a man had i ever dared to flout him so he would have hanged me with it wild with his wrong he struck the roll deep into the flank of his wading horse and in scorn of the depth drove him up the river the shoulders of the swimming horse broke the swirling water as he panted and snorted against it and if philip yordas had drawn back at once he might even now have crossed safely but the fury of his blood was up the stronger the torrent the fiercer his will and the fight between passion and power went on the poor horse was fain to swerve back at last but he struck him on the head with a carbine and shouted to the torrent drown me if you can my father used to say that i was never born to drown my own water drown me that would be a little too much insolence too much insolence were his last words the strength of the horse was exhausted the beat of his legs grew short and faint the white of his eyes rolled piteously and the gurgle of his breath subsided his heavy head dropped under water and his sodden crest rolled over like seaweed where a wave breaks the stream had him all at its mercy and showed no more than his savage master had but swept him a wallowing lump away and over the reef of the crossing with both feet locked in the twisted stirrups and right arm broken at the elbow the rider was swung like the mast of a wreck and flung with his head upon his father's chain there he was held by his great square chin for the jar of his backbone stunned him and the weight of the swept-away horse broke the neck which never had been known to bend in the morning a peasant found him there not drowned but hanged with eyes wide open a swaying corpse upon a creaking chain so his father though long in the grave was his death as he often had promised to be to him while he with the habit of his race clutched fast with dead hand on dead bosom the instrument securing the starvation of his son of the yordas family truly was it said that the will of god was nothing to their will as long as the latter lasted and that every man of them scorned all testament old or new except his own End of chapter one